The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you about rotoballer.com. Win big in 2022 with rotoballer.com's MLB and DFS Premium Pass, which includes 15 exclusive lineup tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, and our new Team Sync platform. Use Rotoballer's exclusive hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, lineup optimizer, and more to help you win big. For a limited time, get your MLB Premium Pass for an extra 10% off your with your discount code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A. Just visit rotoballer.com, use promo code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A for 10% off the Premium Pass for the MLB season, and get started to rotoballing like a boss. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bub and the Bloom, episode 20. Going to get you ready for your final, like, 10 days or so of fantasy baseball action for you degenerates that are grinding out like the rest of us. And talk about some relief pitchers to target for the last week of the season and much, much more. You can find myself on Twitter at BDentric. My co-host, as always, on Twitter at RyanBHQ. Ryan Bloomfield, how are we doing, my friend? Doing pretty good. Doing, doing, Feeling kind of weird this year, Bubba. Like, we were talking a little bit before, but... To be to be brutally honest, not my best year fantasy wise, and so I'm I'm not really. It's a, it's a weird feeling, like not sweating out any leagues or anything this this September. So it's not like I'm 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 waiting for the season to come to an end. But it's just a different feeling uh, of of not you know tracking every single pitch every night, which is probably better for my health anyway. <laughs> but uh, I know for 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 the loyal listeners out there, this is a big this is a big kind of last push and in head-to-head leagues it's it's championship week so we're, we're here to help 
Yep, we're here to help, and that's why, like we said, uh, we'll talk relief pitchers. We're supposed to record last week. That was my bad uh, uh, scheduling conflict. But um, we're going to get you covered because that final week of the season has like three games maybe. Ends on a Wednesday. Yep. So a lot of starters are going to be not worth a thing. So something to keep in mind and some more coming up. We'll talk about some news here that might make some more guys even uh, valuable as well. So let's get into that recent news, and we'll kick things off with one. Shane O'Mac, Shane McClanahan leaves his start with, I believe, a stiff neck. He comes out on Wednesday saying he's fine. He'll make his next start. You never know. They were trying to stretch him out. He still hasn't even stretched out yet. There's a lot of question marks involved there. Like, he, is he going to be worth even starting next week? Lots of lots of theories there. What are you looking at, Ryan, when it comes to Shane O'Mac? Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I, I mean, if you if you have what do you, Shane O'Mac? I like yeah, Shane that. O'Mac. That's an old a, a WWF tribute to Shane McMahon. Shane O'Mac. Okay. All right. I like it. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, if you have McClanahan, you are, I mean, you're rolling with him. Like that's not obvious advice. I guess he's, it looks like he's going to be slated to start Sunday, but it's just, yeah, like the worst timing possible, especially if you're in like a playoff format, McClanahan is probably a reason that you are going this late into the season and to have this happen, I think he gave up, yeah, five runs and in four innings with more walks than strikeouts in his last start against Houston on September 20th. Like, not McClanahan, like, at all. Uh, you just kind of, all you can really do at this point is hope that was just a one-off and and that was just like a neck thing that will go away. Um, I I don't know, man. I don't know about you, but, like, I, I just have between this and the shoulder, like, it's just a twinge of doubt when we're talking about picking aces next year. And I know like a lot of the kind of the aces this season that had injury questions, like your Luis Castillo, Zach Wheeler, Verlander, like a lot of those guys have panned out, Um, but I'm still going to be, I don't know when you're kind of splitting hairs in that first, second round, looking at starting pitchers, I'm going to have a hard time kind of overlooking how McClanahan has finished the season in terms of just results, but the, but the shoulder. Yeah, I agree with you because the difference with like Verlander and Castillo and a little bit of Wheeler is you got them more at a discount this past year where Shane McClanahan is still going to go like in the second round in most drafts. If not, like some people like love Shane McClanahan. There was talks like a month ago he'd be a first round pick. So there's there's definitely um, people that uh, that like him enough to make it very tough to uh, go and take a shot on McClanahan and I'm going to pull up our early draft here. That's what I'm doing because I think he went round two to slack. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Brian Slack 2.6. 2.6. You see, I think he, I was like, did he go in the first round? But no, he was yeah. the what sixth starter off the board, mid second. And I think that'll be common in a lot of drafts, especially like main event style drafts. They'll see, especially if he gets in the spring training and you see a couple good innings out of him and you get your confidence back up and it'll happen. But I'm with you. It's like I've always been kind of cautious of injured guys like Pianowski and a lot of smart people say it like, you know, guys are going to get injured throughout the season. Why draft them? It's already hurt. It's always a thing, and you know he'll probably start the spring healthy. But I'm with you 100. It's it's kind of scary, and I'm really curious to see if he starts on Sunday for one, and how long he goes because he was. You know, it's only a second start back from the IL. He wasn't going that long yet. They're trying to stretch him out. It turns into the question: Is like a f- three to four inning start out of McClanahan next week better than like a, a streaming reliever? Probably, but he's not getting you a win, so that's where it gets interesting. Probably. Uh, yeah. Like McClanahan's giving you elite reliever ratios anyway. So like, yeah, like, like I said, yeah, I mean, you're rolling with them, but, um, but yeah, all you can do at this point is just hope 69 pitches in his first uh, start back from the IL 80 pitches last time against Houston. So, I mean, Tampa still has a lot to play for. So I, I think they'll, I, I think they'll, 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 they'll be aggressive with them. 
most definitely. The Rockies, um, they usually don't like young players. They've played a lot of them this year. Now they're calling up one of the top prospects in baseball, Ezekiel Tovar, and um, he's pretty much making the, the, the Atlanta Braves jump. Double A to the bigs, been very, very productive uh, in Triple A. lots of speed. He was in the fall league, I feel like, last year, it feels like. I remember that name sounds super familiar, could be wrong, but um, absolutely, uh, I'm kind of surprised. Like a week, like 10 days left, they're making a call for, I guess, get him a couple of bats in the bigs before next year. It's the only thing I think of, but uh, what's your thoughts on Tovar, who... Again, another prospect to bid on this Sunday. It might not mean much because they're out of they're out of Coors Field all next week, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you covered it pretty well. Like that's the there's there's a bunch of things at play here. At Tovar, I, I mean, I think yeah, the timing is weird, but I think they're just they like what they see. They want to see a little bit more. And like you alluded to, Bubba, they this is almost like a Braves type of promotion. Nineteen plate appearances at AAA, so he basically just stopped by for for a couple of days and then uh, going to Colorado, but the other point you made about when, you know, in terms of fab, like Tovar's, he's going to play every day. I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're not going to take Alan Trejo's bat off out of the lineup uh, with, you know, with, with Tovar. So like, I, I think Tovar's going to play, but Coors is done after this week. So um, I don't know. I, I mean, if you absolutely need a shortstop or middle infield, it's someone who could maybe provide some speed for you. I mean, Tovar had seven, he was 17 for 20, uh, stealing bases in double a this year. I mean, the, the numbers were great slash 318, 386, 545 slug. So kind of like an all around type prospect five category. We, he was number 16 on the HQ midseason prospect list. So like the guy is legit. I think he's going to play, but who knows? I mean, it's all road games and over a week and a half sample, anything can happen. So um, a buck if you need it. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of Dodgers in play, too, which doesn't make you feel all warm and fuzzy. Uh, so, yeah, yeah they, well, they get the five games at L.A. to end the season. Now, I don't I don't know what brutal. L.A.'s rotation will be like in those yeah. five games. But it's our, it's as we're speaking tonight, Dustin May is getting rocked again again. <laughs> against the Diamondbacks so maybe it's not as fearsome as as thought but yeah you're you're getting like Tovar for those five LA games at the end of the year a little brutal little brutal to say the least I just wanted to make this note because you probably weren't roster him anymore anyways but Nick Senzel is officially out for the season he left game on Tuesday I believe another disappointing year for Senzel five homers eight steals 110 games only a 231 average like we've seen the pedigree in the minors it just has not transitioned a lot of it's just been injuries Ryan he can't stay on the field doesn't strike out a ton, which is good to see, but just the overall production, the ability to stay healthy, it's just been a disaster for a guy that everyone had high hopes for at one point in time. I mean, disaster like this year, last year, like pretty much his whole career. I mean, it sucks. I mean, this guy was, I believe, for HQ and probably everywhere. He was like our number two. He got up to like number two on prospect rankings before uh, being called up. And like, yeah, Senzel, I mean, this is the longest. He's had 420 plate appearances. Like, this is the longest we've seen of Senzel in the majors and you, you, you noted the low strikeout rate, but there's also a 3% barrel rate with that. Like not gonna get it's, it. it's yeah. The quality of that contact has been, uh, has not been there next se- Next season will be Senzel's age 28 season. So like he's getting up there already and you can only kind of hold on to that prospect pedigree for so long. And so like, it's not the most groundbreaking thing to say, you know, fade Nick Senzel, but like maybe your last round or two of a, of a draft next year, if he's healthy, but that kind of percentage chance and with any kind of minor leaguer, there's you know, percentage outcomes for, for whatever. 
Um, I mean, the, 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 the Senzel we thought we were getting the chance of that happening just dwindles every single year, probably 5% or something at this point for him to be um, what we thought he was. Yeah, it's a big bummer. It's like a guy in a draft champions I might still want to take a dart on just because like he'll get him super late, but it's tough. I, he's like he's not a Byron Buxton by any means, but he just has that pedigree where you had the hopes at one time he'd be a, a mm-hmm. stud, and it's just not there. So pretty, pretty big bummer in that regard. Uh, Sonny Gray hit the IL with a hamstring injury, left his start uh, this week after two innings, allowing four runs, getting shelled basically a week when everyone's like, two start Sonny to help me to my title and got blown up. Like a lot of pitchers have blown up things already this week. Um, so Sonny Gray to the IL, drop city. Yeah, you have to. I mean, I guess he's eligible. Gray's eligible to come back the last day of the season. So in the off chance that Minnesota has something to play for that last day, maybe they throw him. But no, he's a drop. And Minnesota, man, like I watched a couple of games this week. It looks like they've given up. Uh, I I watched a day game against Cleveland and like Jorge Lopez was pitching, I think the eighth inning and bases loaded through a pass ball and just didn't even leave the mound to cover home. Like there's just, just a lot of stuff like that. Like it's, um, it's kind of falling apart in Minnesota. So yeah, like, like I said, unless they go on some miraculous run and have something to play for at the end, Sonny Gray, his season is, uh, is, is over. Yep. Yep. Completely agree with you there. And there's not much behind him. No, no, it's it's pretty bleak, very bleak. And, you know, talk about Jorge Lopez, what a bummer that is. He was great in Baltimore, started out good in Minnesota. That's blown up in a big, big way. So yeah. see how that one keeps unfolding, too. Um, going to Boston real quick, they officially made Cutter Crawford and Garrett Whitlock shut down for the rest of the season, which kind of saw coming. The bullpen's been a mess. Like, Schreiber got it for a while. Barnes had it. It just looks like Schreiber, but who knows? And then uh, Connor Seabold has kind of walked into Crawford's spot. So not sure there's a lot of fancy relevance here unless you see something maybe in the bullpen. No, it's just too much of a of a of a cluster back there. Too many names. And yeah, Seabold, uh, I don't know, has not really done much in two outings. So uh I'm staying away from the back end of Boston's rotation. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty disappointing year all around for Boston. If you're not named, I guess Michael Waka. He was probably the only guy yeah, who uh, crazy who actually did anything of all of all people. Yeah, uh, of all people, go figure. It's going to be a fun team to break down in the off season. Like with yeah. JD Martinez, does he bounce back? Does Xander even come back? Yep. Um, there's a lot of moving parts in that team that could really change the landscape of Boston. So if you're a Boston fan, you might want to you know, brace for impact. Is what I'll say. <laughs> Um, that was one of the things like JD Martinez, this popped up. I get a notification on my phone every time someone hits a home run, which is, well, I don't know, mildly annoying, but also keeps me in tune. JD oh, Martinez yeah. is 12 home runs, man. Like that. Cause it popped up on my phone and I, Oh, JD homered. And then it says 12 for the years. Man. I laughed when you put out God. that tweet. He was in part of your tweet today, right? About yes. guys. Like, yep. Yeah. I put that out there. Yeah. I saw that, but I laughed. You had a, a kill Madu with two. And I, last night I, I was too. every night, like if I'm busy, I go through like the MLB app and I go to the summary to see all, how all the runs were scored and you know, all this stuff. And it, it gives the, uh, you know, number of home runs in parentheses. And I scrolled, it's a kill Madu too. And I had to scroll back. I was like, wait, only two home runs? Like, I know he's been bad. I know he's been in the minors, but two home runs? Like, two? That's it? So, uh, and then you tweeted it today. I was like laughing. I'm like, God, it's, it's just, wow, what what has happened? But, uh, yeah, that's why this, that's why what we do, Ryan, is so much fun. So much fun. It's, uh, oh, man, no rhyme or reason. Predicting humans. Very easy. Hey, you know what else is fun? Team that needs starting pitching depth traded Jordan Montgomery. Did you hear about that joke? 
Heard about that. That's a good one. Because Frankie Montas goes to the IL, who was already hurt before they traded for him, basically. Then they traded for him, gets hurt again, goes back to the IL. It's been a rough go in the Bronx for Frankie. A rough go. And yeah, the kind of the double whammy is like not getting Luis Castillo. So yes, they traded Jordan Montgomery, but they also didn't get Luis Castillo. And the trajectory of those two starters has, you know, couldn't have been any different since uh, their respective trades. And so, yeah, like Montas, it's a, it's a shoulder velocity has been down of a full tick over his last three starts. Like what was his ERA? I'm pulling up his uh, seven ERA in August and five starts, five fourteen ERA and three September starts. Um, yeah, he's he's a drop for this season. I mean, that kind of broken record, but basically anyone who's hurt at this point is a drop. If you need if you need warm bodies, I'm um, just going to be interesting. Monta Montas is just super. I I feel like he's super streaky, and I don't have like oh. the numbers behind this to support this, but um, he did have he's had a couple really good seasons 2019 2021 had a terrible 2020 and a terrible end to 2022 and a lot of what montas i mean he just lives and dies with that split finger and he is he has basically been quoted in the past saying he's lost feel for it at times and i just feel like he's somebody who um you know can can come and go very quickly either you know depending on the feel for his split 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 yeah can't speak tonight split finger depending on, I don't know if it's the ball or whatever, but um, just someone who like, I don't know what you're getting next year. If you, if you're taking Montas, it'll be interesting to see his price, but a very wide range of outcomes for him. And he's a great wild card. Like you said, he might, you know, figure it out for another season and it could turn into like the, mm-hmm. you know, next year's Robbie Ray type stuff. Not to maybe that extent, but kind of the same idea. Um, next Kevin Gossman. Let's go there. Split. I was just thinking Gossman. That, that's splitters. actually so this just popped into my head. Like something yeah. to do maybe do for the offseason is look at these kind of split finger heavy guys. Yep. Are they like super, you know, do they have a lot of variance from year to year? Because Gossman's the exact example who popped yep. into my head. That's funny. Yeah, because like uh, I know Nick Pollock's ingrained into my head, guys that are heavy splitters. Uh, it is the hardest pitch to throw consistently. Like it is just di- so difficult. So the fact Gossman's done it for like two years now, I, that's why every year people ask, like even when the, his second year with the Giants, I'm like, I'm out. I'm not paying the price because it's just there's so much volatility there. But it's paid off if you've done it. It's paid off. I'm still like afraid it's going to blow up. But hey, if he can do it, Montas has the skills. We'll just have to wait and see. It's, uh, I just hate him in the Bronx. That's terrifying to me. Yeah. Yep. All right. This one stings. I know. Trevor Rogers out for the oh. season. Finally came back. Look like Trevor Rogers. Like all of a sudden, we got Trevor Rogers for three starts, strikeouts, decent ratios. Life was good, and kablooey. So yeah, he's gone. My my year long nightmare is over. Thank God. Actually, I, I dropped Rogers almost every. I kept him in labor, uh, but just because they have an IL slot, but dropped him everywhere else. Just by saying that sentence, you can imply that I drafted a lot of Trevor Rogers. <laughs> this year and um oh god i i don't know i'm glad it's i'm glad it's done um i did watch that start with the nine k's like he did look really good against texas like that's the trevor rogers i drafted uh the one that that showed up for one start on september 12th i'm no longer on any of my teams no clue what to do with him for next year like the the wounds are too fresh for me to draft him right now but um i mean another guy young like this is next year will be his third year rookie year was fantastic 
plenty of rebound potential, yep. but man, it's uh, yeah, this was, this was rough. He's going to be, once we do like post-mortem season, which is coming up, uh, Trevor Rogers is going to be the highlight for me. The best way to learn a language immersion living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Yeah, we have a lot of fun 2023 slash 2022 look back stuff coming our way. There's a lot of players I have questions about for the good and the bad. Like, there's a lot of questions I have. We got a long ways to go on that. But Trevor Rogers definitely is a guy, like you said, that that little glimpse he just gave us, that little glimpse. It's like, okay, do we do it again? Do we do it again? He's still so young. And the Marlins know how to take care of their pitchers, unless you're Sixto Sanchez and can't avoid the buffet line. That's the only problem they have. But everything is good. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. I did notice, Cor- I think it was Corbin Young tweeted that he was doing the best ball on fan tracks for next year already. And I don't know. I think it was a 12-team league, but took Rogers in the 13th or 14th. I think that's good value, round. honestly. So I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting. interesting. Like I said, the wounds are too fresh for me to think <laughs> about it at this point. Most definitely. Uh, last bit of news I have, and there's more. Like, keep an eye on Jose Altuve left Wednesday night's game. Uh, a couple other, like CJ Crone left Wednesday night's game. So some guys as you're keeping the set lineups throughout the week, keep an eye on that. But Alex Wood was officially shut down with the Giants. I just wanted to mention it because he had quite the mixed bag this year. Uh, 5.10 ERA with a 3.41 xFIP, about an 18% K to walk, which isn't great, but not bad for Alex Wood. He either had like really, really good starts or it was really, really bad. It was a, a, a weird season. Like most giant starters, the defense did not do him kind at all. So I'm just curious where he goes next year. But um, yeah, his season is done and the Giants are doing bullpen games and everything else. And somehow they're going to sweep the Rockies probably. So I have no idea. Yeah, you wonder uh, in terms of like streaming and takeaway, at least for the rest of this season, is streaming against the Giants, just be- against the Giants pitching staff, just yep. because like, what are they? What are they playing for at this point? Um, like, why continue to throw Alex Cobb out there? Like, yep. someone who could get so hurt. And same with Rodon. But um, yeah, I don't know. Wood and Cobb were like two guys who were so unlucky the first half of the season, and it did not change for Wood. It did change for Cobb. Wood, like, it's funny how much luck this plays a factor. So from 2021 to 2022, Alex Wood strikeout minus walk rate 19 percent, 18 percent. Ground ball rate, 51%, 48%. And XERA, which we use at HQ, last year a 334 and a 342 this year. So basically the same exact guy from a skill standpoint. The ERA went from 383 to 510. So uh, exhibit number 843 of how much luck can play a factor in some of these it's starters. A game of inches, as they say. A game of yeah. inches. So, so much fun there. 
All right, so that wraps up for the news. As I said, there's a lot of other guys leaving games, going to get some weird schedules, all these guys clenching already and stuff. So keep an eye on all that. Good luck with all that. Let's do it. Our weekly matchup, weekend matchup game. Ryan is starting to put the wood to me. This is not good. Stormy. Yeah, I got smoked again. Got smoked again. Um, not fun. Not fun. Actually, we we split last week. We split last week. Split. So that, that's a good start. Um, but uh, yeah, you're starting to pull away a why does it say 10 to 10? Am I blind? Oh, no. It's 12 to 8. Yeah, you're smoking me. Okay. Right. What do you got on this one before I keep digging a hole? Uh, just, yeah, time's running out, man. Every every split, you've got to – you basically have to, I think, sweep out. I have to out, sweep out. Yep. Um, to, to, to tie. And, again, the, 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 the thing on the line here is our round of golf on uh, November 3rd at uh first pitch arizona which i absolutely cannot wait for man I, I put the email out this week there's there's probably like nine or ten of us so far in for golf so Beautiful. hoping to get a couple tea times there and um yeah just cannot wait so um so yeah that's what's on the line green fees for our golf outing the bubble bloom invitational maybe we'll call yep, it there we go um let's see what we actually both so we we're doing runs rbis and hits for our hitters we're pitching picking each one of those and then strikeouts you know for all the new listeners out there in late september uh we're doing <laughs> we're doing strikeouts only for uh for pitchers if you're new so you to that the is, game. you that really don't want to spend time with your family here we are yeah yeah <laughs> um I took you down nine eight brandon marsh over Corey. Dickerson. that's what's so frustrating that's, like somebody's yeah. been so close yeah, I mean, week before eight, eight to seven. Yep, I've beaten you by one base each of the last two weeks, and eight and seven would have beaten me in the majority of other weeks. So, yeah. it just happens. Um, yep. You took me with Brian Bayo, who's been a lot better. Seven Ks, that was nice to Daniel Lynch's four. So, um, yeah, you need to uh, you need to step up your game this week, man. Yeah, so we're going to Coors Field, Ryan. We're going to Coors Field. We're doing the uh, the lazy approach here, and I'm going Michael Toglia. Uh, the dude's been crushing baseballs uh, in the minors, in the bigs. He's getting to play every day, switch hitter. Um, been very productive. I had two triples on Monday night. I remember watching those in person on TV, I should say. But he's he's hitting uh, at every game in this series. He's driving in runs. He's scoring runs. Uh, he's also got a lot of swing and miss, so anything can happen. But he's got some nice matchups. Uh, this weekend as he takes on the Padres. And do, 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 do. I know Darvish is on Friday, which is not a nice matchup. But after yeah. Darvish, he gets um, Manaya, which is always a great matchup, and Mike Clevenger. So I'll take my chances there with Mr. Toglia to get me uh, on the board in the hitting department. So same exact. Like, you didn't technically snipe me. You had the first hitter pick. But uh, I was, yes, too too busy to to – to go with a different team. So I'm kind of boxing you in. That's my, that's my, that's my, it's my smart. strategy here it's to smart. play some defense. Uh, I'm going Jonathan Daz. I'm going with somebody who's hitting higher up in the order than, than your boy, than Tuglia. So I, I'll probably get a couple more at bats maybe this weekend, but same exact reasons. Uh, you know, the Darvish start is rough, but uh, anytime you can get someone in court, especially Daza who like, I mean, he's kind of, built for this game right with hits and runs and rbi like obp monster yep he's an obp he's not going to get you many homers or or uh or or bags but he's going to play he's going to accumulate and in that park so um and and i mean even even takeaways for for listeners like if you need those categories if you need batting average obp like that's that's the ultimate guy to get for this weekend again course is course is dunzo after the after this week but um 
still should be should be some decent run scoring uh in in denver this weekend yeah coors will be a drop after this week all your rockies so uh get ready for that fun stuff as well i'll let you go first in the pitching department because i went first in the hitting department so who is your pitcher this week Because it's a, it's a it's a familiar name yeah, it is a familiar name. It is it is Bailey Falter. Um, he is. Let's see, who's he going up against? I can't even remember. Atlanta. So like, Ballsy. not the best matchup at all. <laughs> uh, but and this is a similar. Ryan refrain is trying and, to give me something here. Here we go. <laughs> similar refrain, like that we've said all year. It started. I mean, just trying to pick a good swing and miss guy under fifty percent rostered, even in twelve teamers. Like it's just. It's really hard, and that's going to play. I mean, kind of a side tangent here. That's going to play into my drafting strategy for 2023, just be a lot more, I think, pitcher heavy just because it's so brutal uh, on the waiver wire. But uh, Bailey Falter, he's he's in the rotation. He's, uh, you know, three strikeouts last time at Atlanta, so it is like the second time he's seeing at the Braves in a row. So that also probably doesn't help. I'm kind of talking myself out of this pick as I try and <laughs> try and justify it, but I, I think it's know. a great pick. I think it's a great pick, Ryan. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. 11% swinging strike. He at least misses some bats and um, that's something to say for that. So, but yeah, Atlanta, that that's going to be an awesome race too. Atlanta and the Mets uh, be a really good one way out here. So one, one game apart, I believe right now. So, well, I'm going with Cody Morris. The Cleveland Guardians taking on the Texas Rangers in Texas in the minor leagues. Cody, 39 Ks and 21 and a third innings pitch. Now he's getting stretched out with the big boys. Six innings in his last start, six Ks. He's basically a K per inning guy over his last couple outings. Um, he's looked very, very effective for Cleveland. And you get a Texas offense. It's very boomer bust. Like we've seen the good, we've seen the bad. But one thing Cody has done is limit the damage. It's like solo home runs and not a lot else as long as he stops walking, guys. He's going to probably get you five, six innings. Like I always say, give me a K per inning. I like my chances. So I'm going Cody Morris. So I think he's a guy that I definitely want to see his last few starts because Cleveland knows what they're doing with their pitching, and he could be one of those kind of later round guys next year. That could be quite entertaining to me because the little improvements we've seen this year, if he becomes a staple in that rotation, could be a fun one to look at. So Cody Morris will be my pitcher for the week. Morris is interesting because I just, I'm as you're talking about, I'm pulling up his game log, and yeah, like that walk rate looks terrible, but it's like um, one start. His one start is five walks against mm-hmm. the Angels. His other three starts, I mean, that start happened, you know, whatever, but yeah. could have just been a bad day. Uh, his other starts, two walks, one walk, one walk, and double digit whiffs in each of his last two. So I like it, man. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But did you want to cover any of the good matchups that you have written down there, or do you want to go to the bullpen? Uh, we'll just yeah, we'll hit on just a couple matchups from the HQ matchup tool uh, this weekend. Your easiest matchups are the White Sox. They get three against Detroit. Who man, just play, playing out the string. Yeah, they've got Erod in motion. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's been a long year. New new leadership for next season, so maybe that that will inspire some hope. But Erod Hutchinson and and Alexander are going against the White Sox. Um, this is like the least relevant postseason. I have no idea that what the ratings will draw for this series, but Miami and Washington oh play each other this goodness. weekend. This reminds um, me of the Bush Bowl in football back in the day. Yeah, like, yeah, it's 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 bad, but because these teams are so bad, probably a lot of these guys are available on waivers. And again, if you're in a deeper league and you're just playing matchups, you have like, for an example, you just brought up Altuve. 
you know, guys who may be day to day or whatever, you need guys who are going to play. Um, you know, Miami's lineup is terrible, but they're getting Josiah Gray, Eric Fetty, Annabelle Sanchez, all right handers. So any lefties on Miami is uh, a fine call. Houston gets three right handers at Baltimore. And then we talked about the core series. So those are the easiest ones. The hardest matchups, and this is like by far from the HQ tool, is Oakland. Again, you don't have many, many A's. But they get Bassett, DeGrom, and Scherzer. Um, like, that does not get that much harder than, than no. that over a weekend. And, like, honestly, that that's probably, like, maybe we'll talk about postseason or something mm-hmm. next week or whatever. But, like, the Mets might be my pick just because it's devastating so hard. Rotation. Yeah, it's so hard to get through that rotation. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, just those two guys, they're – they're rolling right now. Toronto, uh, Tampa is is another series this weekend. Toronto gets, I mean, that's a pretty tough. It's Jeffrey Springs, Rasmussen, and and who we just talked about, Shane McClanahan this weekend. So um, Springs, we talked about Springs a couple weeks ago, and I, I'll admit, like, it looks like that one short outing from him. I think it was like a three-inning, 39-pitch outing a couple outings ago that was a that was just a blip springs has pitched well the last two games so um tough matchup for toronto there and then any like any st louis lefties uh they get a brutal brutal weekend they get heaney kershaw and anderson uh, tyler anderson at la so they get three lefties um it'll be interesting like i mean st louis has a ton of righties who can mash with Goldschmidt Arenado, but Albert Pujols, he's going to get three lefties this weekend. So that's going to be interesting in his quest for 700. I, I hope like yeah. hell he gets it. I hope he does too. I don't want him to go to the off season at like 699. That would like really, really suck, but uh, we'll see what yeah. happens. I, I always, I kind of like the St. Louis action there because I, I love targeting Heaney and company. So that could be fun, but it could be a good series. Like you said, LA, St. Louis, Philly, Atlanta, Toronto, Tampa Bay. Got some good potential playoff matchups out there. I know Vlad Sedler tweeted out, the season ended now here's your playoff setup and there's some interesting matchups that i guess going into the season like the padres are still in the playoffs somehow it blows my they mind are. it's but, funny yeah like for for uh, as bad as they've been and all the headlines and all you need to do is get in all you yep. need to do is get, get in to the if dance. you get Just get to the dance yeah you have darvish you have if you have blake the blake snell that pitched tonight uh recording wednesday night against uh st louis take a no hitter in his seventh double digit strikeouts like juan soto starts heating up Things can happen. That would be fun. Anybody can take down the Dodgers. I'd, I'd like be a big fan. So make it happen, people. Fernando Tatis's suspension gets shorter and shorter. Oh, that's the craziest part. Like, man, I still don't understand how that rule works. But I'm not. I don't get paid to do that, so it's okay. All right, let's talk about it. Relief pitcher pickups for the stretch run. Like we talked, you know, most teams' closers are already picked up. You got some guys you can stream though. There are dudes that are out there. They're taking over roles. We already talked about Jorge Lopez is, is out in Minnesota, so it should be Duran's show potentially. Um, you know, Jose Leclerc's still out there in a lot of leagues. There's a bunch of guys out there, but we're going to hit on uh, some of the higher-rated uh, pitchers, relief pitchers, according to Baseball HQ, and some other great stats. So, Ryan, what do we have in this week's Bloom Board? All right, so this week we've got – this is kind of like, I think, a hidden little hidden gem at HQ – is we've got a bullpen indicators page that is like super informative. It um I think it rivals like roster resource. Roster resource is really nice in terms of like the they have like the grid of who pitched, how many pitches, and what was the like decision or the result, which is really useful. 
Um, at HQ, we've got a bullpen indicators grid that basically goes through, looks at the skills, both year to date, last 31 days, but also usage metric called leverage index. And this isn't like an HQ specific thing. I don't think we came up with it. Um, I probably should have looked up for, for proper credit who came up with it, but we use it. And leverage index is basically a, a gauge to measure um, the importance or the leverage of a game when that reliever comes in. So your higher, higher, I mean, this is pretty simple. I don't know exactly how it's calculated, but the higher leverage index score that you have as a reliever means you're entering the game in higher leverage situations. And in terms of fantasy, like it doesn't necessarily mean I don't use it to really say like, this could be the next saves guy. That kind of depends. Like some of your high leverage guys stay high leverage and that's, yep. and that's it. So I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's an indicator for like someone who could be a closer down the road, but for this specific purpose for these last 10 games, it's a fantastic indicator for who's being used in spots where you could get that vulture win or you, you might get used on a team that's fighting for playoff positioning. Um, your highest, highest leverage relievers are going to get pushed to the max over these last uh, two weeks. So leverage index is something that um, uh, that is really useful right now. And so I put it on the board and combined it with uh, K minus BB. Again, yeah. kind of the catch up, catch all metric for really any pitcher. So if anyone wants, I didn't put this out there on Twitter. But uh, just because it is the leverage index stuff is behind the HQ paywall. If anyone wants it, I just send me a DM and I can send you the the list or subscribe to Baseball HQ, of course. But uh, but happy to happy to share that with you. And and basically, I just combined the top leverage index guys with the top K minus BB guys who are not closers. Came up with a list of like 15, 16 relievers who I think are um, going to be pretty useful the rest of the way. Yeah, I like the list. And you mentioned that why that leverage index is so nice. It doesn't mean the closer. A lot of these guys have closed or get a chance to close. There's no doubt about that. But the big thing is uh, they're going to get used a lot, like you said, and you got that chance for the, the wins. We see a couple guys on this list with six wins on the year. Uh, a lot, of, All these guys have at least one save except two at the bottom. Um, and that's because like seven guys from Atlanta are on this list, it feels like. Yeah. Um, but Atlanta, is, Atlanta has A.J. Minter. Iglesias, Dylan Lee, Lee. and Colin ridiculous, ridiculous. That's how good. Like Atlanta's filthy. Like a repeat could happen. But um, let's just start at the top because Andres Munoz is a guy I've actually rostered off and on throughout the entire season. Yep. When there's been like bad streaming weeks or just I want to like whatever, I've had Andres Munoz because I also thought there'd be times when he'd take over when um, when Seawald was hurt and everything. Yep. So I'm a big Munoz fan. He's you know he leads the list here in K to walk. He's got two wins, three saves, but the strikeouts, the ratios. He's been a closer before. Dude's filthy, absolutely filthy, and um, he should get a ton of a ton of usage as Seattle's fighting for that playoff spot to finish the season. So I think this is a no-brainer. Should be one that be should not be on the waiver wires after this weekend. I think, and that's the that's the kind of thing I think you layer on top of this chart because the chart. I mean, the chart is just showing all teams, and so like Munoz is the top guy, thirty-three percent K minus walk, and yeah, like Bubba, you said the ratio. I mean, so I put the twenty twenty-two stats on here: ninety Ks, two sixty-one ERA, point ninety-two WHIP. Um, like that's all elite. But the big thing, like you mentioned, Seattle is full throttle right now, trying to get in the postseason. Whereas two guys down from this list is Minnesota, Yohan Duran, who again, fantastic, probably just as good as Munoz. 
but what's the, you know, is Minnesota really going to push them? Like, why would they want to do that? So um, that's the other kind of part I think you need to layer on top of this list is which teams are are in position, battling for position in the playoffs for seeding or just to get in and and target those guys. So uh, Munoz probably is taken in 15 teamers. Yes. Um, but 12s where like you're deciding between, uh, you know, maybe, maybe three or four games from Munoz in a week versus like Bailey falter. <laughs> um, unless you really, really need wins, like, and that's all you need. I, I, I'm opting for these middle relievers the rest of the way. Munoz is only 21% rostered in an in, in FPC OCs. So he, 12 teamers, okay. Yeah, so that is definitely a move that needs to be made this week if you're out there for the stretch run. Uh, AJ Minter, one the top of the four on this list, at least, of the four Atlanta relievers, nutsack, as he likes to be called. <laughs> um, I didn't make that up. Right? Really? Oh, yeah. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Oh, no, that came out last year in the playoffs. That's his nickname. Like, they made a bobblehead, and on it says nutsack. Yes. How did I miss this? I knew they had like the night shift thing. And how did I miss this? Oh, yeah. This is his nickname. He's electric. Like his personality, top notch stuff here from AJ Mentor. And he's been outstanding this season, just like last year. (laughs) Massive lefty specialist. Going to get used late in the game against the top lefties they face. Uh, Just for for fun here, Atlanta, over the next few games, they got like uh, Philly, Washington, the Mets, and Miami. So, you got a few lefties there. I'll get the piece through at the end, but lots of strikeouts here. Great ratios again. Five wins on the season, so he does get that late inning action that uh, proves to be pivotal these days. Just, just can't believe you just blurted out nutsack in the middle of it. <laughs> I've done worse analysis. things. Like done it. worse things. Yeah, done worse things. Um, I'll, I'll save. I'll save the good ones for uh, for uh, first pitch, guys. Come on out, for, check it out. Yeah, for the for the for the lobby bar. Yeah. Five wins, five saves, like you mentioned, 85 strikeouts. Like, there's not many guys in baseball that have that. Um, Atlanta is obviously fighting the Mets right now. Like, that's going to be a fantastic race that we were just kind of talking about before. Like, they're going to push Minter as, as, as hard as they can. So, um, similar reason to Munoz of why you need to at least consider him if um, – if if you just need to kind of hold it down because the other thing that's and we've talked about this on the on the pod before but like ratios versus counting stats like ratios work both ways if your competition is trying to go for wins and k's and they do kind of take these fifth starters of guys are just grasping at straws they get blown up like those ratios i mean you you can gain a lot of ground in ratios right now just by your opponent's kind of messing up so um at least these guys just kind of stabilize it and there are some blow-ups out there right now folks ask corbin burns uh owners wade miley go down yeah. the list sunny gray there's been a lot Justin of them right May. now yep. yeah so this has been a brutal brutal week for some guys you were trusting in the stretch run uh, i'm gonna go i'm not i'm gonna pass through you on Iran. you kind of mentioned him earlier the dude's great we know it minnesota though i don't know what you got going there great pickup if he's available like go for it he actually legit might get saves i'll say that so you got that going. But what I want to hit on uh, another brave real quick is Rafael Iglesias, former closers for the Angels. And he's still been very, very good with the Braves. He's probably going to be their closer starting next year. He's still two years under contract. The reason I wanted to mention him with Mentor here is they're going to be the, the, basically the righty-lefty like high-leverage guy. That's what they're going to be. They're both going to use super late in the game. And Kenley's been struggling. Kenley's been struggling. So you could see scenarios where if, this, like, if there's a lot of lefties in the ninth or – they want to give Kimley an extra day off. 
we can see Iglesias or Mentor actually get a save chance down the stretch here. So that's something else to keep in mind because, like we mentioned with, with Seattle, and you mentioned earlier in the show, the Braves are fighting with the Mets. They're going to go fight to the end. They play them next week also. So you could see a lot of Iglesias and Mentor, and I wouldn't be shocked if you see either one in the ninth either. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Like Jansen, he's kind of been up and down. His last four have been scoreless, so he he looks like he's riding the ship. But um, before that, Turin runs one, two, two, and those were in a span of six appearances. So, like, um, yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a, that's a really good point. It's depending on the matchups, either one of these two guys could could be there. Iglesias, I, I'm guessing his leverage index is inflated a bit just because this is like a full season yeah, thing. So, um, it was really high. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> What's the whole many leverage chances in Anaheim? Let's <laughs> let me let me ask, stop myself yeah, halfway. Yeah. Ask Mike <laughs> Trout and Shohei Otani how the playoffs feel, as as everyone's yeah. mentioned twenty thousand times by now. Yeah. Uh, so, so maybe scratch that. Um, <laughs> I would love to see if he had like a rolling graph chart of this watch. Like it all of a sudden just came up when he went to Atlanta because he didn't have any. When he like left LA. the closer role yeah. and went to the middle yeah. release. All of a sudden his, his leverage index. went through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. That'd we need, great. we need to get, get Toby for that rolling graph for that. Yeah. One. That's his world. Uh, let's go to Tampa Bay. I'm actually surprised only a couple guys are on this list, maybe because Fairbanks has been injured so much this season. He deserves to be here as well. But Jason Adam has been sneaky. If you know, if you're in the know, you've seen it. He had a run of getting saves, like Tampa Bay always moving guys around. But even when he's not getting saves, tons of strikeouts, amazing ratios. The dude's been very, very good. He's been good for the last few years. Like last year in Chicago, the ratios weren't great, but still a massive strikeout guy. And now he's getting full run in Tampa Bay. So he's a sneaky arm. We know how Tampa Bay loves to do things. We already talked about, you know, maybe they shorten Jeffrey Springs. Maybe they shorten Shane McClanahan. They're going to use a lot of bullpen. And if all of a sudden one of those guys goes four innings, and I'm not saying Jason Adam comes in the fifth, but you know how these scenarios work out, there's going to be vultured saves. And if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Tampa Bay. Or for vultured wins, I mean. So I like Adam a lot. Maybe not so much for that piggyback part, but he's going to get used heavily as well. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Actually, something I didn't really think about was the yeah the length of your starting rotation. And so yeah, we've talked about McClanahan a couple times already, uh, Springs a couple weeks ago, that sort of thing. So um, yeah, that that availability that 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 pie is bigger uh, in Tampa Bay, most likely for relief innings. There's there's a lot of slices to kind of dole out, but the size of that pie is probably bigger in Tampa than it is on other teams. And like so the Giants. No, the pie's small. Don't do it. Yeah, the pie, pie's very small, uh, as are the chances for wins and, yep. and saves on, on that squad. So Jason Adam, yeah, I mean, eight saves, 0. 0.69 ERA, 148, or sorry, 0. 0.69 whip, 148 ERA. He's on here, the other Tampa guy, Brooks Raley, who's also been saying, I mean, this is Tampa, eight saves for Adam, six saves they for do. Brooks Raley, but like Brooks Raley has a sub two ERA. Like it's just crazy what they can do with relievers. And um, the nice thing is there's so many of them that it's, you know, maybe just put together a bid list of like three of them and all for a buck and yep. you're bound to get one of them if you, if you need it. Yeah. I'm going to hop around now based on leverage index. I'm going to jump to Giovanni Gallegos as he's one of the higher guys here, you know, 24% K to walk 13 saves, three wins. Most of those saves came early. The leverage might've been early too, when he was the closer, uh, but he's still been very, very, very good. If you look at his numbers outside of one, like three innings or three runs he allowed on the seventh, it's been no runs in every outing until August 13th. Like he's been very good strikeouts here and there. 
Um, lots of holds if you're in saves holds leagues. I actually added him in two leagues this past week. I started doing my spec relief ads for a dollar, thinking like uh, this is a stretch run guy I want with St. Louis. So I, I like Gallegos a lot. He's not going to be the closer, but he should get a lot of chances late in the game. Like quietly one of the best pitchers in baseball for a long time. Dude has had, I, I should look this up, but he's had a sub one whip each of the last four seasons. And he's not the closer. Crazy. That's insane. And, he's in, and yeah, it gets like no credit for it because yep. he's not the closer. 14 saves in 21, 13 saves this year. But it's hard to um, to be that consistent as a reliever in, in today's game. So, uh, yeah. I mean, the only thing with Gallegos is the fly ball tendencies, like 55% fly ball rate this year, 47% last, last year. So he's a little prone to the uh to the long ball but that's nitpicking man like dude is um dude is elite so and again st louis uh is is in the mix maybe they will kind of try and schedule things out and get gallegos and and helsley and that sort of thing prime for the postseason but uh someone who should see some high leverage stuff uh coming up most definitely uh joe mantiply i wanted to talk about him there's a point in the season when Melanson sucked and now Ian Kennedy sucks and Reyes Marantas is supposed to be the closer. I've witnessed that show. Good stuff. Sometimes he likes to visit Pablo in the buffet line and forgets how to pitch. So we'll see how Reyes Maranto goes. But Joe Mantiply has been very good off and on this year. Everyone thought he'd be the closer. Got a couple sniffs of it. Scuffled a bit. Got out of the closing duty. Has pitched very, very well again. So, um, you know, they're, they might not be super productive when it comes to the D-backs. But like I told you before the show, they're beating up on the Dodgers every game this week. So you never know. They got the Giants this week, and that's usually high leverage situations for guys. So um, what's your thoughts on a guy like Mantiply? Because most guys we've talked about already, they're on teams we're expecting to compete, where the D-backs are just kind of out there running young players and trying to figure things out. And they're also using a lot of young pitchers that aren't going like going on five or six. So that plays well for him as well. Virginia Tech Hokie, Joe Mantiply. I need to Ooh, preface My bad. That. I did not get the proper due. I am so, so sorry. There's, there's not many of them active. So, um, but yeah, it's, it, and actually, like Arizona, so you were mentioning tonight, like they're, 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 it, Madison Bumgarner was beating Dustin May in LA. Like, um, I mean, Arizona's not great, but they, they score runs. Like they are going to be in games at least for, the rest of the way and man supply 15% swing strike rate 64% first pitch strike rate those are two metrics that I really like to use to look at uh, kind of at the per pitch level how good he is uh, 279 ERA that's right there with with his skills so like yes a heck of a lot better than uh, Ian Kennedy and what's to say Arizona doesn't at least try man supply out in the closer role these last 10-14 days just to kind of audition for next season uh, obviously the Ian Kennedy experiment predictably did not go as planned and um kind of no reason not to but at, at the very least man supply is again just another one of those guys who is gonna pitch and pitch in high leverage like he's been doing all year and pitch effectively and there's some other fun names here like jose alvarado we've seen him the ups and downs of alvarado before uh caleb Thiel, Thielbar has been very good but again it's the twins so what are we yeah. gonna get out of that but he's been very very good evan phillips uh, we have Trevor Steven and Matt Bush. Those guys are kind of names I don't think many would think about on this list, especially Trevor Steven for Cleveland. Been very, very good. Yep. So any thoughts on any of these other guys we have not mentioned because they're not all the most popular of names, but and they're not on the biggest team like the Dodgers, of course, but 
these guys are probably going to get a little bit of a run towards the end. The one thing I will say, just like the D-backs, for a lot of these bad teams, they're running out young pitchers that don't go deep. It's not just yeah. the D-backs. It's a lot of them. So you're going to get a lot of bullpen usage down the stretch. And the Brewers have a ton of injured pitchers. So you're going to get a lot of bullpen usage. So something to think about also. It's not always just the contenders. That makes more sense, I guess, if you want saves and wins. But if you want caves and ratios even, you got some of these other teams that won't be too shabby either. Yeah, and I think I oh, one name that really stands out is Evan Phillips. Uh, six wins this season has been just elite, 0.75 whip. I think L.A. is one of those teams, and you kind of mentioned this, but when we were talking about the Rockies, is, I mean, L.A. has no reason to to push their starters uh, the, the last two weeks of the season. So I think that's a team whose rotation is not going to go very deep. And again, that pie, that bullpen pie, I'm starting to get hungry, um, <laughs> gets bigger in the bullpen. There's just more innings to eat for that uh, bullpen. And Evan Phillips, man, um, just just fantastic. I remember I picked him up after the, all, the All-Star break week, which was, and so this is kind of com- coming full circle with the last half week of the season. I picked up Evan Phillips in my main event for that Thursday, I think LA had four games Thursday to Sunday. Evan Phillips got two wins in those four games and just little stuff like that can, uh, can, can be the difference. So um, Phillips is good. Uh, Trevor Steven, as you mentioned, Bubba, like really good. And actually Cleveland is kind of really scary with Corinne and class a in terms of like postseason runs. Once, if you get to like the seventh inning and you're, you're facing Cleveland, um, that's a knockout bullpen. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a definite knockout bullpen, a team that I can't remember completely, but I think they still have a long shot, but a chance to get in the playoffs. Like between Cleveland, Minnesota, and even the White Sox, I think, I don't know, as of today, they're all battling. Yeah, they're I, Cleveland's most likely winning the Central. Um, That's insane. Absolutely be, insane. I'd, yeah, they're six games up on the White Sox. Like they're, they're, they're looking like, good. Remember in the beginning of the season, everyone's like, what is Cleveland doing selling? Which I still agree. What are they doing selling? But still, it, it, the point stands, but yeah, they're going to somehow. So then it just makes the ownership look even better. I think they look better and do it all over again. So yeah, I digress. This is not what this show's for, but yeah. Tristan, we, we talked about like quote unquote frail starters at the beginning, at the top when we we're talking about McClanahan, Tristan McKenzie. Holy God. Yeah. He's been Someone who, like, I wrote him off. I just look at the body. I'm like, no way he's lasting. He went eight innings, 13 strikeouts tonight. Like, that dude is peaking at the right time. So, um, yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland's in, man. They're going to get there. I think they're going to face that sixth wild card um, or third wild card, sixth overall seed in the AL, which right now would be the Mariners. And the Mariners are struggling to score against Oakland this week. So could be easy, easy path for Cleveland to get to the next round. Another pitcher that disappointed, Luis Castillo, in a great matchup versus Oakland. So, yeah, it was uh, just one of those weeks when you need these guys the most. Boom goes the dynamite. So, well, Ryan, any final thoughts? As we have no listener questions this week, as football season is in full force. So, um, any any final thoughts as we, uh, like I said uh, earlier, if you count the rest of this week, we, we roughly have about two weeks to go. Yeah, two weeks from next Wednesday will be will be the closing day. It will be one of the least productive uh, days that I've had at work yep. for speaking for myself. It'll be a, a fun day. Hopefully there's some um, postseason positioning available, but then also anyone out there, like if, if you've got it on the line going into game 162, like that's pretty much all you can ask for. So uh, just best of luck these last few weeks, and especially head to head for those of you 
battling out for that championship. Enjoy the sweat. Like I said, I, I miss it. Um, most years when I'm at least sweating out a league or two or whatever, it's stressful, but it's fun. And I, I do miss that, that thrill this year, but we'll, we'll do some retrospectives and we'll, we'll be sweating it out this time again next year. No doubt about it. There's always accountability. I've never been one to shy away from that. So we'll definitely talk about the goods, talk about the bads, plenty of bads this year. So we'll see how that all plays out, but keep grinding. Cause like Ryan said, and we talked before the show is even though we're not going to win at all, we're, we're still competing for the integrity factor of it. Cause that's just, oh, yeah. at least that's how I am. Like I'd rather if I'm eighth, I want to finish sixth or something. Like I always had, I always grind and try to do something, but, um, and if anything, it makes, you know, guilds tweet me out uh, that I'm <laughs> annoying him in fab. So like I'm, I'm all aboard these trains. Um, but I, that's I all the my, motivation you needed, man. I paid three, <laughs> I paid three fifty for that league too, buddy. I got a thousand dollars in fab. Let's go. Um, so yeah, yep. we're, we're going to see what happens, but, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Like part of me is like, okay, I'm ready for it to be over. Part of me is like, well, it sucks. It's over. So we'll see how it goes, but, uh, good luck to your Hokies on Thursday night. Thank you. And, um, we'll be back with you guys next week with, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if it's even worth previewing the final week of the season or if we'll start retrospecting or we'll surprise. If you guys have any questions, make it a listener episode. Bring it. Do something. Right. Like we'll we'll think about it and see what we can do, but we'll we'll have some more content for you. As always, remember first pitch Arizona. It's like six weeks away now. Six like, weeks so, from tonight. You will yeah. be you I will be, be you will be in the cut. You will be you I will be at the bar Arizona. watching a playoff game. That's what I'll be doing, most likely. Or no, I'll be at a game. I could be at a game. I might be at a ballpark right now. Drinking a beer with Ryan Bloomfield. We'll see what happens. I will be, I'll be praying that my Thursday early morning, I think 5 a.m., 6 a.m. flight is still on time. I'll be there. So we'll see what happens, but it'll be a fun one. So if you guys can join us there again, if you have any questions, hit either one of us up. Ryan's the veteran. I'm the rookie. We could all help you. But more importantly, check out Ryan on Twitter at RyanVHQ and his work at BaseballHQ. I'm on Twitter at BDEntrick. And this is another episode of Bubba and the Bloom. Catch you guys next week.